This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Previously on Homestale Radio. Well, tell you, it's windy up in the country, isn't it? Up here, above Sellers Park. Yeah, oh yeah, because we, well, I mean, we're pretty much on top of the stadium. Yeah, I mean, it's very, I mean, that's why we're struggling to identify players. It's just so high up here. Um, I don't know how Martin Tyler does it. Referee given another foul against Diamond there. This court, uh, this time just for jumping, I believe. Not allowed to jump. No, jumping's illegal. Jumping is outlawed in this game. So, uh, it's certainly, tackling is unfair, we've seen yeah, it. No jumping, no, no tackling. No jumping either. Um, I didn't realise that Connor Diamond was a jumper, had I known. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what I would have said, but... Um, it's certainly detrimental to his uh, his character that he is a jumper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let there be no more of that, let's move on with the game. Yeah, we've resorted to mockery. <laughs> For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good evening and welcome to Homestale Radio. I'm your host, Chris Hambling, as we return to our weekly programming after the Eagles' enforced break for the international matches. With me tonight are Alex Penge. Hello. Hello. Nick Gillard. Hello. Hello. And Patrick O'Connor. Hello, lad. Hey. <laughs> Apologies for those expecting Joe. He's got some sort of a disease today that has made him look like the guy out of the Goonies. You know the one out of the Goonies? Anyway. Uh, so anyway, we'll, um, no Joe tonight. This week we'll take a look back at the game played out yesterday as Sean Dyche's Burnley with us. Visitors to Sellers Park, a promising start from Palace, who included new signings James MacArthur, Kevin Doyle, and Zeke Fryers in the matchday squad, as well as giving a second home debut to Wilf Zaha, eventually led to the game petering out into a turgid 0 0 draw. We'll talk about the performances, the tactics and the key incidents and our full analysis of the game. As ever, we really want to hear from you, so please get in touch throughout the show. Contact details coming up shortly, but first up, it's news. You know, get to see the stars of tomorrow if you like, but as you'll see... Stars you get of to- tomorrow, today. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, well, that was our tagline, yeah. wasn't it? See the stars of tomorrow, today. You join me and Ben Nagel atop the lofty gammon... Gammon tree. Gammon tree, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a gantry made of... Are you hungry? Yeah, I am actually. Actually, no, really no, not. No, you're not. We ate anyway. Live commentary from all home development games. Only on Homesdale Radio. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is... 
a stylish hat-trick from Soleil Kaikai helped Palace's development side register back-to-back wins in the space of five days as they beat Huddersfield Town 3-2. After seeing off Sheffield United at Selhurst in their previous game, the wingers treble helped defeat the reigning professional development league two champions in their own backyard to clinch another notable early season victory. Eagle skipper Malay Jedanak found himself on the score sheet for Australia in their 3-2 victory against Saudi Arabia on Monday. The Palace locker room's captain notched the second of his team's goals to put them in command against the Arabian side at Craven Cottage. But the Aussies had to stave off a late fight back to pick up their first victory in nine matches. Yannick Balassi adding Gwedliora also played for the respective nations. Eagles midfielder Owen Garvin has moved to inferior championship side Bolton Wanderers on a three-month load deal. The Irishman had made 87 appearances for Palace since being signed by Doug Friedman in the summer of 2010 and is now reunited with his former manager at the Macron Stadium. Teenage defender Jerome Binham Williams has joined League Two side Southend United on a one-month loan deal. The left-back featured heavily for the first team this summer during their pre-season campaign and has played in the Capital One Cup tie against Walsall last month. News in brave, brave, brave. Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. Right, so um, there was a few little things in there. Just to make you aware, the little clips you're hearing of commentary were from our coverage of the under-21 game quite recently. Uh, obviously, if you didn't um, hear our coverage, we are going to do... The, there's another two games due to be played at Sellers Park, and we will be covering those on Homestead Radio as well. It's, I, I would bill it as an alternative commentary rather than um, actual, genuine, uh, you know, high-standard commentary. <laughs> um, but, but um, yeah, I was interested you, you described... Um, uh, Dougie Friedman's um, team as inferior there, Nick. You changed your uh, news in brief thing quite well. Yeah, yeah, not as inferior as um, South End because uh, I was over that way the other day. We were driving past the ground and the E's falling off the sign. My seven-year-old daughter was wondering why we could go past a team called South End Unit D. <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be a South End Unit D. I like it. Oh dear, the things kids notice, eh? Anyway, oh, that sounded weird. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so obviously the, we, the main focus of today's show um, is to talk about the 0-0 draw against Burnley. Obviously a lot of people went into that game thinking that there was a game that's... I say, say, saw people describe it as a must win. I wouldn't say that. I would say it's more of a should win, perhaps. Um, but I think we know from last season that there is no such thing as that. We were doing what Burnley did. We were doing to teams quite regularly. So... Um, but yeah, let's talk about why we didn't win the game and, and how it went out. But obviously, we'll do what we normally do. We'll start with the lineup, and um, I sort of picked out the first thing was the defence. We all talked the week before uh, when we'd made the signings on the, in transfer window. We all expected Joel Ward to go back to right back, uh, the new signing Zeke Fries to come straight in at left back, and a lot of people were talking about Kelly going alongside Dan. And Damien Delaney had an, an absolutely excellent game. But what did you think, um, Alex, for Kelly dropping out? Um, uh, I. I'm a bit surprised to be honest because I think he's had a really good start uh, to his Palace career. Um, I think he offers a lot more um, of an attacking threat uh, than Mariapa. So I was a bit surprised by that. Um, I know lots of people have spoke about maybe Kelly slotting in alongside Dan, but things you've heard, I've heard from like, Liverpool fans is that you know he's not he's he's an okay centre back, he's an okay right back. He sort of hasn't found his position yet. So I guess 
still quite young and he's still sort of learning his positions at the moment. So, yeah, I thought Dan and Delaney looked really good yesterday together and it, it, it wouldn't have been wise sort of to break out that partnership. But seeing Marepa come in was a bit strange to me. Mm, what what did you think about, uh, do you think, well, well, I was surprised that Fries didn't start. We've been without a natural yeah. on the left. Um, what, what's your theory on why that? Um, again, I, he's, I think he's relatively young. I think he's only had like less than 20 sort of senior games and so I think he's sort of bedding his time at the moment and sort of probably gaining fitness as well because I don't think he's had a lot of match action in, in pre-season for, for Tottenham um, I think eventually he'll come in whether that whether that'll be before Christmas or after Christmas we'll have to see but you know yeah. I think he's a good signing and um, you know I, I can't wait to see him because you know he's six foot tall he's strong he's quick um, and you know it'll, it'll be nice to see Joe Ward play in his you know strong position at right back because you know that's where we all want to see him and that's where we all yeah. want to see him for England you know in the future exactly you want you want your best players playing in their best positions and we we know what Joel Ward can do and he's he's been a left back so long I mean on the new FIFA game he is a left back it's, it's been that long so <laughs> oh wow it's a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a bit of a strange one but um Philip okay we'll, we'll come back to talking about the defense in a minute but I just want to get your your views Nick I, I thought obviously if you look at the midfield James MacArthur came straight into that that midfield um Ledley had a bit yeah. of game, little bit of game time against, uh, sorry, before Wales, but uh, on a pretty poor pitch. But obviously, he's been out injured. So, I personally, I didn't think that uh, MacArthur and, and Jednak worked too well. Um, but it is early days. I think what was missing really was the understanding of where one would be if the other one wasn't. If you know what I mean. Um, and I think MacArthur sort of moved around quite a lot, sort of, sort of left and right of the pitch. And, and I think they they struggled a little bit in terms of cohesion. What did you think in midfield? Yeah, a little bit of a lack of communication there, wasn't there? But again, it's it's going to take them time to bed in. And, and the Premiership's very cruel, isn't it? Because if you don't get that time to bed in. And fortunately, it was against a team like Burnley, not not your Man United or your Arsenal's. Oh, did. I did oh, it again. Oh. Um, and um, that's your fault. Um, Pluralisation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is, is a MacArthur more of an attack-minded midfielder than defensive? Do we know? From his Wigan time, um, he's a he's a bit of everything, really, isn't he? I mean, he, I, I would say he's probably yet more more on the defensive side of it, but he's more of a playmaker than if you think about KG tried to sort of do the box to box kind of role and did pretty well alongside Jednak. Um, if you look at yeah. Ledley, Ledley does the same thing. So I think MacArthur's a different player to both of those, in my view, anyway. I, I think he's more about passing and movement. And well, his I'm, his ball distribution was a, a hell of a lot better than uh, Jedi's. I'm sure we'll come back to that later. Um, I dare say, and he, he did have a couple of pops at goal as well, which was nice to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, and uh, yeah, you, you want to add that element element to um, the game. All right, and um, Patrick, I'll talk to you about the the front three. I didn't have any complaints on the front three. Um, I, I kind of thought maybe maybe Woodwill come off the bench again, but I think it's the right thing to do to start him. Um, but yeah, with that, in terms of forgetting how they actually played, I thought the front three was the right selection. You go along with that. Yeah, when I initially saw, um, before the Lions were out, I actually did not want to see a, a, a three of Ledley, Jedi and MacArthur because I thought they'd be a little bit too defensive against Burnley. But once I saw the lineup of, of Jedi and MacArthur and then um, Punch and Wolf, I was happy. And I, I liked. I actually thought that um, Gale and Campbell played well, especially in the first half. It kind of petered out in the second half. But initially, I thought the lineup was fine. My concern, though, is this, is where is Warnock going to go? Is he going to go to the 4-4-2 or the 4-3-3? Because I'm thinking if Ledley is fit, um, he, if he can fit in there with MacArthur and Jedi, maybe we can go with 
with punching and Gale up front. So I'm just kind of wondering going forward if he just sticks to the four four two next couple of matches or goes to a four three three where again we can put Levy back in there. Maybe he adds that um, added part that maybe MacArthur didn't add and and passes better than Jedi did because again as Nick just said, Jedi's, Jedi's passing yesterday was just atrocious and hopefully we can we can get past that soon because we can't keep playing uh, our midfield giving the ball away that much. It's it really is a difficult one. I, I don't when I if you look at a fully fit squad, I don't really see how everyone's gonna gonna fit in. I I know what you're saying, and it does seem that everyone's erring towards the, to drop in Jednak. I'm still dead against it because I don't I don't think mm. we're currently of a of the type of squad that could cope with the absence of the good things he does do. But it does really really make it difficult for us to keep possession of the ball. I'm going to go to some contact that we've had already in, in a little while, but um, Alex, you wanted to jump in there first. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's, it's nice having three uh, decent centre midfielders. I think that's something we've been lacking probably for the last four or five seasons. Um, you know, we, we, It's good because you've got that option against the, the bigger sides, dare I say. Uh, you can play that three uh, three of them together with sort of Jedi sitting back, MacArthur and Ledley in front of him, sort of makes us a lot more solid. But again, again, against teams like Burnley and teams around us, we should be playing two in the middle um, and you know ideally playing two, if not three, of our, you know our wingers um, in you know Zaha, Punchin and Balassi. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think MacArthur looks looks fantastic, and he certainly he certainly came with a big price tag. Seven million pounds is a lot of money for us. I don't think, yeah. you know, since the days of uh, Valerie Ishmael um, <laughs> and Shefki Kuchi for two and a half million, it's quite a lot of money spent by us. But you know, I think he's he's a justified purchase and something we've badly needed. Yeah, definitely. It, it's about it's he's, he's almost the beginning of changing the way we approach the game. I think. Um, but I'm a bit. I'm just a bit worried. We're not quite there yet. That's my own personal opinion. Patrick, you wanted to say that. Yeah, so Chris, just going back to the Jedi part again. Um, if we go to a four-three-three with with Ledley, MacArthur, and Jedi, I have no problem. But I'm going to be honest. I think at this point we've got. An, I'm not going to say drop him, but maybe he needs a rest because we can't go with him and MacArthur in the middle the way he's playing right now. I don't know if it's you know international break or something, but he's just not. He's not playing the way he's been playing in the past, and we cannot afford to have him in there with MacArthur, who's brand new to this system, playing the way he played yesterday. If we have Ledley in there as a three, you know, you can kind of make up for some of the mistakes he's making, but we can't, right now, with the system we're playing the four four two, we have to seriously think about what we're going to do with Jedi. That was just my initial thought right now. Okay, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and, and what, what I actually think is really happening is, in, a number, in a lot of ways is he's been, I mean, opposition, I've seen it in, in the past where we've had, you know, I think when we had Michael Hughes in the team, um, People would close would close him down and let I mean let someone like Aki have the ball because he you know he didn't he, you know he has he was a great all action midfielder right. but he didn't have the passing range of someone like Hughes and I think teams are targeting that they're thinking well we don't need to close down everyone because if we close we leave Jednak with the ball mm-hmm. you know he, he's 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 the one under pressure to make the pass and I think there's a bit of that in it I think it's a great um, point yeah um, yeah anyway uh, Nick you've got you've got some comments from the chat. Yeah, just just to come back to Jedinak quickly, he did make a superb crossfield ball though uh, yeah. in the second half. It was absolutely pin perfect. Uh, Premier fans in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat. Um, he said, I've got to get this off my chest. I was really shocked that Barry Bannon didn't make the squad at least, and also Kelly being dropped. And I would also give some serious consideration in giving Belassi a rest. He doesn't have an end product. 
To be fair it's, to Blassie, though, he, he did travel about 10,000 miles, didn't he? <laughs> well, then why, why pick him? Why, <laughs> why pick him if he's travelled that far? I'm sorry. If, if, if that's a valid point that you've got there, Alex, then mm. surely well, uh, Mr. Warnock knows. Well, to be fair, he did start well when. It did start him on the bench, Nick. So I, uh, you know, and then tried to bring yeah. him on to make an impact. I, I mean, we'll talk about the reasons for that in, in a little while. Just a quick word on Bannon. Obviously, he started the the game for Scotland, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, yeah. MacArthur came on as a sub, I think. Did he? Oh, I got yes, that he did. He yeah, came on later. Yeah. So I think there's possibly a reason in there, and I and I think I think a lot of you've got a choice, straight up choice, really, in in, in your bench between Bannon and Williams at times. Um, and he went with Williams this time. I think Bannon will start in the in the cup against Newcastle, if not feature against Everton. But I don't think he's he's being excluded from the team. I think Warnock's just taking his time to have a look at players, and I think he was always going to start MacArthur and always going to give Williams an opportunity off the bench. That's just how, how I felt he approached it. Um, in between your if the forward reviews that we've got, um, there's a couple of sort of points coming in on the lineup. Really, um, Cav um, has actually said should have started with Balassi and subbed him when he if when he waned because uh, you know rather than Wilf and do it the other way around um, <laughs> I've just seen a four word review that made me laugh I won't read that one out um, uh, Chris Mollett says Mary Apparel absolute turd played Kelly instead and, <laughs> and then played someone in behind Gale who can actually play there e.g. not Campbell we'll talk about Campbell in a bit um, Crystal Palace just says uh, Campbell and Gale are too short to be lumping balls up to yes they proved just how much we rely on Chamak and I, I yeah I'd agree with that um, I think there was a reason we Murray! forward, which we'll come to. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk Glenn Murray later on, obviously. Um, uh, Albert says uh, if it had been had to be four four two, I wouldn't have played Yednak. It's a bad bad combination. Um, I think it's a fair point. But I, I don't know if it was an orthodox four four two. I think Campbell dropped quite deep trying to play the Shamak role, and I think at times it was a three. But I, I know it's there are people are coming from. Um, John Nightingale says MacArthur did great. Yednak was poor. Gave the ball away as he has done since the season started. Uh, Alex White, hooray, um, has given a 4-3-3 of Bannon, Yedinak and MacArthur in midfield. Very interesting. Mm. Uh, with Fryer starting left back, Ward going right back. With Zahar and Gale and Punchin as the front three. Interesting, I like Alex. I like it. I'll retweet it so people know what I'm talking <laughs> about. There you go. Uh, Bob the Eagle says, same issue we've had for years. When Jednak has a bad game, so do the rest of the team. We need him playing well or someone else instead. Uh, Andrew Martin, I mean, not anyway... Oh, ben had a problem with that surname before as well. Martiniuk. There you go. Uh, Yednak wins too many balls. No way can he be dropped. Second centre midfielder needs to be tight to him to win the second ball and then play. Uh, and the Eaglesbeak.com says we have to remember that we will be without Yednak early, early next year for the Asian Cup as well. So worth bearing in mind that. Thank you to everyone who's got in touch so far. We'll try and keep in touch with as many of you as we can throughout the course of the show. Um, I'm just trying to see. Nick, you've got a bit more contact there before we move on. Yeah, it's uh, Shifty97 in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat, uh, talking about uh, Yedinak. Um, it's like what Villa did with Sarko and Lovrum. Teams study who the bad passers are and make it so that they have to do the passes. Um, exactly. Just to ask Alex, um, 10,000 miles? Yeah, guilty. Where did he come from, Eight, the moon? 8,100, <laughs> actually. He went. He just went the. He went the long way round. That's what yeah. He did. Is that a return journey he, or, or one way? That's a return journey. No oh, right. detour for Blassie, I'm afraid. Right. Look, if okay. you're going to point out every mistake we all make in what we say, we're going to be here a long, long time today. <clears throat> uh, going back to the defence, uh, Patrick, I want to talk to you about this. Um, you, you were mentioning you thought the combination of Delaney and Dan um, 
where it was sort of they were you said they're getting increasingly agitated at seeing Ward um, so you're getting increasingly ag- agitated at seeing Ward at left back and not right back uh, we've talked about this already I just want to touch on that point did, what do you think about Mariapa's performance? I, I don't like it I don't know what it is but um, when he plays he irritates me um, he defends okay but um, he's poor on, on high balls he's not a very tall defender and when he gets forward he, he doesn't seem to make a good cross I feel bad he, he gets forward a lot Seems that we'll do the will for punch and or Balassi when Balassi's in there, but he, he can't cross the ball. So it really his end product. People talk about about Yannick's end product. It's really poor. So I'm getting frustrated at seeing Ward at, at left back. I just want to switch him back to right back. I don't care who left back is. Put Mariapa over there. I'd rather see Kelly, honestly, if I have a choice. But or obviously Fries. But I I, I can't take Mariapa at right back anymore. I just not like don't like what I see anymore. He's just frustrating me. We've got better choices. Okay. Um. I think it it does show. I mean, obviously, we, we're in such a rush on deadline day of trying to sort of make up that gap there. It is really a massive concern. You can see why there was that we we just didn't deal with this left back situation before. Exactly. Uh, you, know, you can you can talk about whose fault that was and whatever, but ultimately, it comes down to the manager who was here before not replacing players that 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 effectively were let go. I mean, Paul was told he could stay, but he'd be a squad player, so he didn't want to stay. Fair enough. Moxie was let go. And it's fair to say maybe those players aren't up to the standard, but you've got to have people to replace them. Uh, Nick? Definitely. Um, I thought Mariapa was all right um, linking up with um, Jason Punction. I thought Punction had quite a good game yesterday, and it was good to see them overlapping and playing off of each other a bit and, and supporting each other. So I, I think in that respect, Mar- Mariapa did quite well. But as... Patrick said his his end product and crosses in weren't that brilliant, were they? No, no, and that's where the, the biggest uh, point, it was biggest letdown, really. As as Patrick was saying, he was getting forward really well, and he's done that in the past as well. He's got forward brilliantly from right back, but you can get forward. It's just pointless if you can't put a dangerous cross in, and and he's one of those players. It's effectively like a little like a golf wedge kind of shot. Just I call it a golf wedge, like mm. a sandwich, like just. Just you know, chipped up in the air. Effectively, a keeper can come out and catch it every time if it's near him. If it's not near him, it's got no pace on it for anyone to do anything with. So it kind of you kind of getting nowhere with that. And I'm sure he can hit a decent cross. And I'm pro- probably sure if you go f- go through all of his games, he's probably put some good good deliveries in every now and then. But it's just not consistent, and that's what you worry about. And I, I you know, I, I wonder. I don't I wonder if how much more consistent Ward would be. But I know Ward has set set goals up from the left hand side. So. You know, even with his weak foot, he's capable of putting in a dangerous cross. But you've got to get people playing in the positions that they're comfortable in. And just because Ward can do a job in a number of positions doesn't mean you shouldn't work to get him in his correct position. That's what I think. Um, here, here. Here, here indeed. Uh, okay, we've, we've got... Uh, go on, Patrick. No, that's, that's my point exactly. Ward actually is killing himself by being so good at left back, he's actually hurting himself. Um, it's, he's, he's, so much be- he's so much better as a right back, but because he, we don't have a left back and he really does do, do a you know, serviceable job at left back, He's hurting himself, which to me is hurting the team. So I really hope that at some point we can rectify that and put somebody at left back that can play there. All right. Um, let's get straight in, into the actual what actually happened in the game as well. Talk about a few of the key incidents because you know a lot of people were left um, disappointed as, as what uh, to, you know to how it turned out. But it was a good start. Um, I mean, I think the, the first thing that happened in the game of any real note was uh, was Danny Ings being booked for a very cynical dive. Um, let's talk about that dive first of all. Those of you, this was the first time you saw it, were you even slightly worried? Alex, start with you. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. But then, um, you know, it was nice seeing that yellow card um, pop up because I was a bit worried. But, yeah, looking at the replays, oh, it was just terrible, terrible dive. 
Um, and, you know, anyway, you know, that sort of set the evening for, for Ings because, you know, he got taken off. Um, uh, and, you know, I think without Ings um, in the team, they didn't have a lot of, a lot, and not a big enough threat up front at Burnley. So, you know, we were quite lucky with that in the end. Mm. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, for me, it was, in, it was incredibly, incredibly cynical. And, and I felt that Burnley were a, were a cynical side. Um, I think that if you look to have the sort of things we used to do under Tony Pulis, um, and I think things will probably continue to do under, um, Patrick, there's a lot of noise coming from you. Has <laughs> he, he got bubble wrap? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he is like he's in a bubble wrap room. Yeah. That's, that's not me. <laughs> it is. You, I don't know. what Something's happening there. Listeners, do uh, do message us in and try and work out what it is happening at Patrick's end. It's, uh, it'll be good. It's all right. Don't worry. No. I actually right. think it's the sound of your beard growing, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Could well be, actually. Anyway, um... Look, I, we we used to do things like it, it's the soft fouls just before you know something gets dangerous. It's you know holding on to players when they're you know when they're trying to make a run when the when the ref's not looking that sort of stuff. There was a lot of that going on from Burnley. And I got really frustrated with it, and I think the referee did miss a fair few things that I don't think he should have done. And but that's how you play. That's how you make the gap up when you're not you know quite as good as the team you're playing and things like that and they did stop us playing after we started well eventually the more you know the more the game went on the harder we found it to get possession in the end they started asserting themselves on on the game um but yeah it was very disappointing to see and and they they did worry us on the break they did cause us problems but um and i say i was really surprised in the end to see that um to see they ended up with more possession than us and i think that was just because we got worn down and we didn't really have an answer nick yeah, I was going to say it was perhaps lucky for us that Ings did get yellow carded so early on in the game because I thought maybe that was one of the reasons that he was substituted later on because he did look like one of their more effective players. Mm. He's a player that um, we we tried to get. Didn't I mean, we, when he was at Bournemouth, um, we got very, very close to getting him and we kept offering and offering and offering and they kept turning it down. I think it was Bournemouth. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It's uh, a bit like that with Boyd, wasn't it? Who ended yeah. up being Chris Bood yesterday. Mm. Yeah, he was indeed, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, and yeah, he's a Palace so, fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, um, look, yeah. That was that was that was the start of the game, and it, uh, it kind of set a, set a bit of a tone for me in terms of, you know, like I say, the cynicism of Burnley. But we 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 were very good in that first sort of twenty minutes to maybe stretching it at half hour or so. But about some something in the region of that, and I was pretty pretty happy with the performance. And obviously, one thing we all know is that you've got to take your chances, and we didn't. There were several good chances in that opening spell. Mm. One goes in, I really do think we'd have just taken them apart. I don't think, I think they looked fragile early on. Um, the, the sort of first chance of note I can think of was Wilf um, pulling the ball back for Damien Delaney, who had all the time in the world to take what first touch and then sort of span on the ball and was very unlucky not to see it find the find the top corner it was you know it, that was a really good start and we didn't let up from there you had um oh, uh, scott dan hit the bar didn't he from uh, fraser campbell put yeah. across in from the right hand yeah. side chasing the ball down uh then wilf had that shot almost directly afterwards the keeper fumbled and it was cleared off the line and you can imagine what sellers would have been like had wilf scored again mm. and then that was actually his first premiership start ever no, see, they said that. They said that on the highlights. I watched it back. But how many times did he play for Cardiff? I mean, he played against us for Cardiff and started the game. So I didn't. I think that was absolute crap, isn't oh. it? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. shouldn't listen to Match of the Day then. No, Sorry. don't listen to him, mate. Honestly, they don't know what they're talking about. It's his first Premiership, Premier, Premier League start for Palace. I'll yeah. give it that. And he didn't play for Man United. But they completely forgot about his spell at Cardiff. Exactly I still think he's done done more in, in the two games that he's played for us than he did 
all last season. And he, he just shows that he's a he's one of these players that is good for one team, I think. Yeah. Um, go on, Alex. You wanted to say something. Um, yeah. Well, I just, I just think yesterday just showed that, um, you know, we, we did Mishamak. I think he's so important to our to our side. Like, you know, the, the fact that he's, uh, you know, he links other players uh, very well, or links with other players very well, you know, gets the best out of sort of midfielders and, and wingers, you know, and I think he'd really work really well with, with Wilf actually uh, this season and um, you know I felt for Wilf at times because you could tell he's not had a lot of match practice of late yeah. and he's sort of just getting that, that sharpness back isn't he that we, we, we saw you know in our promotion season and the season before that so you know I just you know I'm looking forward to seeing Schumacher back in his side because you know he sort of gets us he, get, he gets us ticking doesn't he and um, he, does. he does get lots of people involved in the game and yeah we, we desperately need him I think Mm. Be interesting to see whether whether he just comes in and just takes and and just swaps swaps in there with Campbell and we leave Gale up top, or whether Gale and Campbell are just going to fight out that that sort of front position maybe. Mm. But we'll see how that pans out. And obviously we've got Andrew Johnson to come back in there as well. Mm. <laughs> um, anyway, the other the other sort of chance I wanted to quickly mention is was um, sort of the end of that dangerous spell, and it was the last real chance of the first half, which absolutely turned into quite a tedious experience and it it was a uh, Dwight Gale with some really good movement ended up sort of chesting the ball down and no one near him you just expect you see him in the warm-up you see him you know in the chances he's put away already as a Palace player and you just think that's going straight in and got his uh, got his angles a little bit wrong went straight over the bar and I mean those were the moments those were where that game mm. you know we were definitely in my opinion definitely no matter what anyone says we would have been talking about three points had any one of those gone in that, that's mm. my view we look good um, in the first you right there. Yeah. Um, you, you've obviously, yeah, you've mentioned Chamak. Uh, Nick, you 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 agree with that as well. Um, what did you think? Yeah. You, you, uh, I mean, you 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 do think it was one of those games where you know it's a typical Palace thing. We, I hate using the phrase "typical Palace" now, but it's a typical Palace thing to miss those chances and lose the game. And we were so close to nearly doing that, weren't we? But did you have that feeling during the game? You, I did have that feeling halfway through the first half I thought we've, we've had so many chances here and that Gale miss he actually had time to take a couple couple of steps forward didn't he he, he didn't have anybody around him so it it really uh, was was quite disappointing but uh, yeah we've got to take these chances and hey CJ and it's good to see you back hey CJ well done um, said that our team need to learn to take more opportunities and, and be more clinical because other opposition will not allow as many chances for us. Yeah, you know, it, exactly. it's going to be when we're playing teams like Manchester United and Chelsea in the singular um, that we're only going to have one or two chances a game, and we we really need to be scoring them. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds an obvious thing to say, and in many ways it is an obvious thing to say. But it, I mean, before the game, Neil Warnock talked about it and said that Burnley will see it as a game that they can win just as much as we do, and he, he's right to point that out. But there's it, nothing wrong with us saying we should be winning that match, and and I th and I think that's probably what it's been quite a negative reaction um, from Palace fans after that game, and that's really that's, too that's all it really is. Yeah, I do think it's too negative, and we're you know we're a positive bunch on this show. We always are, and we sometimes get a stick for it. I'm sure we probably will again today, but I, you know I don't have a problem with people thinking we should have won the match, but I, I think I don't think we did too much wrong other than not put those chances away. And if you go, okay, well, who are you going to blame for that? If people are talking about dropping Je dropping Jednak, is Jednak at fault for us missing those chances? No, he isn't. No, yeah, he doesn't do everything right, and his passing is a weakness, but that's not why we didn't win that game. 
it's it's perhaps why we didn't create even more chances. But oh, it's it's down to the you know okay, it's down to the individuals to actually put those chances away, and they didn't. And, and I'm, I say, and it, I'm it's sure fractured. Burnley will. Sorry, Chris. I'm sure Burnley will be saying the same thing because you're saying you know it's, is it down to Jaden Act that we didn't win, but it could have been down to Jaden Act that we lost with that with that ball that he inexplicably passed back and yeah and if, there was, if there's a Burnley podcast or a radio show I don't know if there is but um they'll be saying exactly the same as we are that they've yeah. got to take their chances and finish them and that's what's so important in this division um Patrick you obviously you know in in the US you got to watch that all uh, with a far better view than most of us um that opening spell I mean what was your feeling did you did you even think that did well the game was set up for for to be an extraordinary game wasn't it did you ever see it ending up the way it did, petering out the way it did? Not really. I thought we got off to a very good start. Like you said, Wolf had that chance um, that was cleared, and then um, Gail had a chance, and you said Dan hit the crossbar. So I always thought we'd get a goal at some point. Because, again, if you look at the season, we, have, we, we, haven't, we scored in every game so far. So yeah. wasn't like I was saying like last year, oh, we're not going to score. So like like you guys, I agree, You know, would have been nice taking a chance early. But I really thought even having not scored, um, early, we'd still get a chance to score. So it didn't really bother me, and I wasn't really that concerned until the second half. Yeah, and where things just started to to sort of go a little bit awry, didn't they? Very much um, so. Yeah. I mean, again, okay, I'll just sort of drift drift off to a bit of contact. But before, while I'm doing that, I just wanted to raise the question of the handball. How did that look on on TV, Patrick? The uh, first half handball for us. Is it something it, that stuck out in your mind? Um, when I first saw it, I thought definitely a handball. But then I looked around at the replays and I thought, you know what? I know why he didn't call it. So initially, like everybody else, I'm screaming penalty. Uh, but no, I think um, it, it, it wasn't. It didn't look like it was obviously in the replay. So. I thought it was still, even looking at the replay. <laughs> I've, really? I've looked at it again and again and again. And I, it's one of those, isn't it, where you think because of the angle. I mean, the angle from the game, it looked it look clear as anything. But... My angle from the game uh, made me think that Jednax was a 50-50 challenge when he gave the penalty away. We'll come to that later on. But, um, right. but so I've not got the best of angles. But having watched it, you know, on, on the highlights when I when I got back, uh, I still think his arm comes out and, and touches touches the ball. Yeah. I think it's the top of the arm. I don't think it's the chest at all. Every now and then you see one of those, and he actually the player at the last second sticks his chest out. But I don't think he gets there. I think it's the arm that controls it, and there's enough distance there for him not to do it. This um, is the question, though, Chris. Arm- so- is um, just, you know what is what is a handball? Because one guy might say it's a handball, another guy, you know, another referee doesn't call it. That's what's so frustrating, Sunday. You know, what it I mean? is. So. Yeah. You want consistency, uh, Nick first, right. and Alex. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, for, first of all, I think it depends whether you're Manchester United's opposition at Stretford End. Um, <laughs> but his arm did come out like a penguin's arm. Or wing. <laughs> it, it, looked, it just it reminded me of a penguin, or he was about to do the land of a fork or something. You know, it's oh, way always, get that ball away. Um, it was a defo penalty for me. Defo penalty. We was robbed. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think it was a penalty too. I think didn't they have a, a penalty shout in the second half? Uh, Burnley, a handball shout. Um, I, 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 no, I remember one happening, but I couldn't tell you the, what actually what the actual oh. event was. I remember them shouting for it, but all I remember thinking is that it was nothing. It was nothing like a handball, and if ours isn't given, they definitely can't have it. Uh, Nick, you again. Yeah, uh, we've got a naked golf guy, 99, in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash <laughs> wow. chat. Um, what replay were you guys watching? It was obvious. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yes. <laughs> Does he mean which obvious which so, way? It was an obvious penalty, yeah. It was an obvious penalty, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so, yeah. I agree. He's correct. <laughs> well done, can, Naked Golf 99. as much Naked Golf as he, he likes. He can put his clothes on now. No. I'm, Has he I'm, got an ice cream with a flake in it as well? Right, that's enough. <laughs> um, a lot of people agreeing. We're going back to the, the contact we've had on the, on Twitter. A lot of people agreeing with the. Um, well, actually, there you go. A lot of people saying Ward right back and new fella left back like Kevin Childs. Uh, Bobby Eagles actually saying is Ward necessarily that much better at right back? I'm not convinced. Uh, Defence pretty solid with him at him left back and Mariapa right back. And, and that's I think that's the reason why we went that way. I think that's the reason Neil Warnock went that way. It's the familiarity and. It was a clean sheet. Um, it could have been very different, though. And I just think what I think the reason people are, are mentioning it is because what we lose going forward, they're solid, absolutely solid defensively, and I suppose that's a priority at the moment. But we do lose a bit going forward with with Ward on his, on his wrong foot and with uh, with Mariapa not being able to cross. Um, I think that's generally what the problem is. Um, uh, Kevin Patterson just pointing out you've got to take your chances once more. Uh, Jack Bradford's gone with the fact that uh, he feels, still feels that Kelly should have partnered Dan at centre-back, Fries in at left-back, but would have played Bannon in behind Gales. People still giving uh, lots of different views on how the team should have played, which is always the way. Cavs noticed that Patrick appears to be sitting on a beanbag. That's good stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Munners is missing, is missing Shemak as well, Alex. That's uh, agreeing with you there. And, um, hmm. and uh, Steve has said that... Uh, Talking about Yannick Bellassi, he said he's been poor and his lack of goals is a real problem. And he looked terrible when he came on. I think he did He did really struggle. And we'll come to that a little bit later on, Steve. Thanks for your, for your contact there. Um, okay, so that's a bit of a round-up there. We obviously talked about the, the handball, which we think it, it definitely should have been given. And that's where I started to worry, personally. That's where I started to think that it's going to be one of those games that doesn't go against us. And I felt uh, that was sort of almost a turning point. Burnley were really starting to close down in that midfield and, and they did they started bypassing the our centre midfields, particularly Mila Yednak who cuts out a lot through there, by pushing it wide. And obviously you know you know what Neil Warnock does and from from his previous spell. And if you don't, it, he talks about his attacking players primarily to think about attacking. Otherwise, you know, and the rest almost like the rest of the team defends other than them three. And uh you could see Punchin and Wolf Zaha were clearly told that they were to focus on attack in my view. But in doing that the centre centre midfielders are often asked to drift wide to cover that gap when the when the fullbacks are doubled on, and it really started to kind of leave this big hole in the middle. I found you had you had Yednat uh, dropping back one side, you'd have Macarthur dropping back the other, and you had this gaping hole in the middle that Campbell tried to fill, and it left Dwight Gale isolated, and it really pulled our shape apart. And we've got to be really mindful of that, particularly at home where we should be doing a bit more with the ball ourselves and do, you know trying to force the opposition. So we've got to look at that out wide, and I don't I, I don't think Punch and Orzaha should be criticised for for the work their defensive work because I think they when they were asked to do it they did it well. Um, but yeah, I thought the fullbacks did cope, and I think, but I think it really did as the game went on. It nullified any attacking threat that they did. They did give uh, Nick. You've got a point on the wingers. 
Yeah, is it me? Did I'm so used to Zaha when he plays to be swapping swapping wings with whoever's opposite him. I didn't see any of that yesterday, or, or did I just miss it? Yeah, it, it didn't happen much. Um, Wilf was really disciplined as a, as playing left wing. It's more disciplined than I've seen him. There was one occasion where both him and Punchin were out on the right hand side in the uh, in the second half. They were both out on the same side at one point. I did notice that. But you're right. They both wingers were obviously told that you know that's your side you stay there there was no you know obviously Wilf and Balassi when they played together they used to swap all the time you'd never know which one was going to pop up on which wing it was um yeah um Alex yeah I'm quite surprised by that to be honest because um if you remember that season uh under Warner where we had Moses and Sinclair I know it was only for a space of like 10 10 to 15 games but you know he did interchange those wingers quite a lot and I was expecting a lot of interchanging this season under Warner with you know the wingers that we've got in the squad so I was a bit surprised by that especially in the first half because think on don't get me wrong I thought Punch had a really good you know first half but it would have you know freshened things up and sort of brought Wilf into play more if you know Warnock did switch them around a bit um, and that's something that you know I really I liked seeing last season as well under Pugh I think Pugh did it on occasions uh, with with Balassi and, uh, and Punchin and um, you know I really don't, especially against the likes of was it me and Trippier Trippier not the greatest defensively I thought it would have been a, a good tactic to, to to use yeah no I think so um, but I, I think a lot of it's still, you've got to remember, there's a settling in period for players, but there's a settling in period for the manager as well. I think he, he talked after the game about wanting to get this game out of the way. And I think that tells you a lot about the mentali- mentality at the moment. It's he's, he's got an awful lot to learn about that team very, very quickly. Um, and, and we've got new people in as well. And you've got to work out how they've got to, they're going to fit into the system and whether or not the system we're currently playing is the right one. It's something we've been with for some considerable period of time and got great deal of success with it last season but you know it's old news now people know that our system and we've got to we've got to have more than plan a because we saw yesterday once plan a failed it was very hard to have a plan b at this stage with the disruption that we've had and i've said before these early games are very important to us in terms of getting the points on the board so got that game out of the way i'll find i'll accept that i accept that as a statement from neil warnock i accept that he's pointing out the international break made things difficult for him the same for everyone but obviously you, you've got to accept that as a point of view um but yeah i mean i suppose when we're, t- we're talking about obviously burnley getting back into the game what was our plan b um i i, I don't really think that we had one i'm not sure who's that's a lot of noise there is that you alex no <laughs> Nick, <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's me. not me. It wasn't you that time, Patrick. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly still. Uh, I think our Plan B got injured in the dugout. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah, um, yeah. Ledley, Ledley. Uh, Warnock said on Five Live after the game that um, he wanted to bring Ledley on, um, but he'd hurt himself in the dugout. I don't know how. And uh, oh, wow, that, that's all he said. But but what what I would have done, and I, I know. Uh, Later on, Campbell came off. He he, he had a strain or something. Um, for our plan B, I'd have put I'd have put Zaha there and still mm. had Punction and Balassi on the wings with oh. with um, yeah. Gale up front. Yeah. I think that would have worked much better. Yeah, that's not a bad shout at all. Actually, I don't want to talk about Wilf because um, I haven't really done so in in the detail I wanted to because it was the real source of frustration for me that um, that he didn't see enough of the ball. Because um, that's what he's about, isn't it? Getting that we used to. Mm, yeah. I suppose I'm. I'm probably. Am I thinking too much about the old days where we we used to the the team's whole setup would be let's get Wilf the ball and let's have Wilf run at people. We had a, probably about three or four chances to run, but other than that, it was just running up and down the wing. And he 
you know, by the by, just before he went off, I think his shoulders had dropped and his body language wasn't great. And for me, he's just not seeing enough of the ball. That's when he came off came off the bench against Newcastle. He was it was the ball for sort of it was like a magnet, wasn't it? Just everything yeah. went to Wilf. Yeah. You've got to do that. You've got, I mean, mainly maybe Burnley did a good job in stopping the supply to him. I, it didn't seem that way. It didn't seem that they were targeting it, but maybe they did. But for me, you've got to do that. You've got to keep giving the guy the ball because he will keep going and eventually he will get the beating of that fullback. You know he will. Every, you know, every single attempt, every single tackle that's on him, eventually he'll get past him. I know that, that, that's how he works. Chris, he doesn't, he doesn't look as big as he, as he did do like two, two seasons ago. Um, what you mean? Like physically, yeah, he doesn't look as as strong as as he did do. Like I, I don't think there was a lot of focus uh, at United or especially at Cardiff from probably you know build, building him up. I think that's what we did really well in our in our promotion season. And uh, you know he we did when he first you know made his debut for the Palace, he was tiny, wasn't he? And then you look at his progression and how you know how big he got and how, how quick he he ended up. You know, um, yeah, he's incredibly powerful by the end, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and maybe he has lost lost a bit of that, and maybe that just comes from, you know, a, a degree of well, he's he spent a year not really playing enough, yeah, and not really having the confidence that. I mean, he will improve absolutely improve, but I just think that the, the team's got to do more for him there, and and I know you don't want it just to be about one player, and everyone's very much aware of saying it's not all about Wilf. There's ten other people on the pitch, but that's that's what he's good at. That to me, that's his mm. whole. You know his whole way of playing is just a, is just to continuously try and beat that fullback, and once he beats him once, you know the guy doesn't know what's going to happen for the rest of the game, and that's where we that's where he's really dangerous. Patrick, yeah, I think I think he'll be okay, but I'm um, thinking back to the Newcastle game when he came on, he actually came on playing behind Gale, and I think that's what got him got him into the game very quickly against Newcastle, and obviously yesterday he's playing out wide, so I think maybe because he's out wide, he maybe wasn't comfortable as you know playing out as wide as he normally is as far as again the last two weeks so I think he'll be okay he got off to a good start yesterday but I think him playing in the middle might actually benefit us if Shemek doesn't come back soon yeah I think that's a fair comment yeah um but I, I, I don't know in a way I, I, I could see him having to go as the, as the main striker as well um I know Joe's been sort of harping on about that <laughs> for some time but I can see that I can see that being a, a, an option for us if you know if Gale struggles for goals at any point and you know Campbell's not quite firing I can see us giving giving that a good go as well uh, Nick um yeah I'm sure I read a link to somewhere saying that the reason Zaha came off was because he was slightly injured because of these ankle length boots he was wearing <laughs> but you um, know I don't know if, it, if any of you have read that no, no, I didn't even notice he was wearing them, so um, that'd be a bit odd. But um, um, just an interesting, sorry, just interesting from the chat room uh, talking about Newcastle. How much perspective does that put our free all result against them last week to see how appalling they are? Um, I think you, you've got to judge each game on its merits, haven't you? Uh, I think a home game against Newcastle is often very different to an away game. Though not in our experience, they have a tendency to beat us quite comfortably at Sellers. But generally speaking, away from home, a, a team will set up differently. And um, and one week you can play really well, and one week you can play, the next week you can play appallingly. So I, I think you don't want to read too much into that. Uh, Newcastle are certainly not a great side at the moment. They've got huge problems at the back, which is how we were able to score three against them the way we did. Um, but and you know we conceded some pretty awful goals against them as well. I'm sure every single player in, in the, who played in that game would admit that the goals we conceded against them were, were poor. So I think that there's that level of perspective to give. But I don't think you can you can go oh well 
Otherwise, you know, last season we beat Chelsea, so obviously does that make us better? Should we have beaten every other team that Chelsea beat? You know, it's just, it doesn't work that way, does it, football? So um, Mm. it's a little bit too simplistic to think like that, in my opinion. But by all means, disagree with me if you want. No. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Agree. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, um, so we, yeah, we've talked about Burnley basically coming back into that game and then eventually uh, going on to dominate possession. I still don't think they created anything like as many chances as we did. Jules made one particularly good save from a from a long range effort, um, but not, not until the the penalty was it really a problem. Um, I talk about Fraser Campbell. I think that's, I keep calling him Fraser, like the thing is Fraser. It's the <laughs> eyes before the head. I'll, I'll learn eventually. Um, I actually thought he did really well. I think I think a few people um, weren't too keen, and we'll probably get some views from you guys on that. Um, but for me, I really like him. I, I do think he, he when he dropped deep to collect to, to collect the ball, it, it kind of left us with no out because Gale doesn't get involved all the time. You know, he'll chase down things here and there, but quite often he's just looking for that little bit of space that a goal scorer looks for. So he's not the out and out. You know, running machine that we had when we had Jerome up there, or you know, he's he's not really leads the line in that sense. So, uh, and for me, it comes from Neil Warnock's defence always focuses on clearing danger, so that the players at the top need to be able to chase down in the channels. Gale, you know, Gale will chase the channel, but you need more than that ahead because you because sometimes you're just going to bypass the midfield to clear danger, um, or call it long ball, call it a hoof, call it what you want. That's that's what happens. Um, so I'm not sure it worked too well, but I thought Campbell did all right, and I was surprised he went off uh, before Gale. Um, Alex, did, did uh, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what I can make of Campbell because you know I think he's definitely an upgrade on Jerome. Um, he works hard, but again, not to the level of what Jerome does. But you know he's better in front of goal. But at the same time, as you know, whenever he gets a chance, you're you're not confident. You're not as confident as probably someone like Shamak. Well, probably this season and Gale. Um, in front of goal, so I I think he, I think it'd be a good signing. He's definitely got the experience at its level. Um, it's just it was just diff- difficult for both strikers yesterday. I think Gale was 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 frustrated yesterday. You know he had chances. Um, he snatched at a few, and he just yeah, it just wasn't most of the team's day yesterday. I don't think, and I mean, it was a tough tough game back at Sellers. Um, go on, then, Nick. But somebody in the chat room uh, a little while ago did say that Campbell's more of a player-in-the-box goal kind of poacher in the way that Gale is. I I think if um, Campbell's dropping back deep, as he as he did do, perhaps one of the wingers should be dropping inside um, just to support that that part kind of in the in the third quarter of the pitch between the halfway line and the opposition's penalty area, just to just to give us a bit more of an option in there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, I do, yeah. And then you've got somebody else to support um, to support Gailey, and then you've still got the other winger to potentially get the ball out to to get the crosses in. Um, also with with Campbell, he 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 got injured and he came off with a strain, and Williams came on. And although I thought Williams looked quite good. Um, and potentially better than Campbell did. Uh, we looked slightly less um, effective when he did come off. So um, I'm kind of um, yeah. contradicting myself there, but you know what I mean. I, I do. Um, Patrick, your your words on on Campbell, and then we'll, we'll sort of move that one on. I think. Patrick. Yeah, I I, I like what Campbell did. Um, as Nick said, I think I prefer him more in the box, 
So um, ahead of Gale, but obviously it wouldn't work for our system right now. But I thought he was very lively yesterday. He set up a, a great chance for Wilf early. He petered out definitely in the second half, which I think is more towards the injury than anything else. But mm-hmm. I like the way he runs the channels. I like the way his work rate is excellent. He drops back well, helps out. So I like the way he played. I'd like to see him and Gale play together a few more matches for him really to really um, you know, change the system, honestly. Yeah, I mean, talking of Campbell, I didn't realise he'd, he'd got injured in all honesty, but we seem to have been getting a lot of people go off with you know, a strain here and there, which is a bit of a worry at the moment. What did you make of the substitutions, Patrick? Um, they were positive. I mean, we've got uh, Belassi come on for Wolf about 68 minutes, and then about five minutes later, Gale came off for Johnny Williams before that dollar come on for Campbell. So they were all attacking, and as Nick had mentioned, the fortunate thing was Plan B would probably bring Ledley on, but I also heard that he had gotten hurt in a warm-up. Uh, on the bench, which is very strange. Yeah. Um, so, which is, again, that is very strange. Maybe we come on for MacArthur. Um, but there were positive changes. The only thing I issue I really have is that um, we, we were left with only Kevin Doyle up front, which we all complained about, you know, having <laughs> need, the need for strikers and poor Doyle's up there. And I thought he played well. He worked really hard up there, but he was kind of isolated, much like Gale was. So yeah. I didn't get a lot of chances. So there were good, there were positive um, changes, but just that they didn't really work out the way I'm sure... Mm-hmm what it would have liked as far as getting a goal, obviously. Yeah, I, I suppose the, I was surprised that, that, that Campbell went off before Gale, as I said earlier, but now, now there's an obvious explanation for that. Um, but I thought Gale had gone pretty quiet, and, and Doyle for Gale made, made a lot more sense. And Obviously, when Doyle did come on, and uh, he played in behind initially in that Campbell position, but I think he looked, he looked much, more, much more of a threat when he led the line. Um, and I think he did, did really well. Got you know, got up well in there, good in the air. Sorry, uh, plenty of energy. Um, I did think that when Williams came on to play in behind him, Doyle was kind of still stuck in the mindset of dropping deep. So again, we, when we're sort of trying to push for for a goal late on, quite often we were getting down the side. You could see Balassi got a lot of criticism, but quite often he got the ball, looked up, and there's nothing in there. There's actually no one in the box, which you know everyone's sort of on the edge of the box. So he has to try and get an angle to pull the ball back. I felt, and that's what worried me a little bit because because Doyle should have recognised that the system had suddenly changed and he was the man up top and he had to you know, push and lead the line and try and try and get that goal for us. So I was, that's the only thing that disappointed me a little bit about him. But he looked a lot pacier than I can remember him playing uh, you know, in, in recent years for, for Wolves. Um, that, that's, and a, his, that's a bit... Sorry, Chris, that's a bit disappointing, really, because we've bought a player for experience and, you, and you'd think that he'd realise that, wouldn't you? You know, the, yeah. the more mm. players play uh, perhaps they're not quite as fast but actually they can be more effective than they were when they were quicker because they they can read the game better yeah because um yeah no, know, i've got a long one footbally intelligent he says in bad english um, but. yeah we'll, we'll have a little chat about the you know the, all the different injuries in a sec actually yeah, but i'll um because uh, i well I, I said that but obviously people don't know that you asked me that you were going to talk about that sorry that's it's really clumsy of me apologies but um <laughs> but i just want to get one last little thing about williams obviously williams came up came off the bench mm. and we all want to see him succeed, and, and Neil Warnock's talked in the press about he's going to give him a chance, um, not going to send him out on loan uh, you know, without a good three to four weeks to have a good look at him and see how he can fit in. He said he's going to play him behind you know, in the hole. That's his position, and he's got to try and win that position in the team. And I, th- I thought he actually did pretty well when he came on, but it just didn't have anyone with him at that point. The game had changed so much to the point that you know, Doyle wasn't really running ahead of him, so he didn't really have a through pass to play to anyone. So he had to constantly do that thing that people do criticise him for, which was to, to run and then go sideways. Um, to look, he had to look down the wings. The only pass on was always uh, the little ball sideways. There was nothing really to thread through. And by that point, when Burnley were defending, they got a lot of people in the area. They got a lot of people in the midfield. Really, really, really difficult for us to pass through them. And 
certainly that that really that was that sort of nullified the effect that Williams was going to have, uh, which was a bit of a disappointment. Um, <laughs> Rocket Boy, I've just noticed there in the chat. Nick <laughs> said uh, Johnny still looks like a rabbit in headlights when in front of goal. But yeah, did have a did have a shot. Um, Alex, do you want to back quickly say something about Williams? Yeah, I, I feel for him because you know he's definitely got the, the talent. Um, it's just you know he hasn't had a lot of games at its level. You know, I guess I guess he's getting used to just how we play, and it just makes me think. You know, is does this system sort of suit his style of play? You know, it seems like eventually, if it doesn't work out for him here, he'll move on and he'll turn out to be that player that we all you know expect him to be. You know, yeah. I know he was linked with Swansea in the summer, and you know, you could definitely see him suit a team like that. You know, with his passing, yeah. And God forbid, I don't, I don't want that to happen. I don't want him to leave us, but. You know, it makes me a little bit sad because you know it's great to have a player like this come through the academy, and mm. you know. But anyway, we've got we've got Warner. Warner's got a really good record of the young players, so I'm yeah. hopeful, I'm very hopeful. But you know, what what's encouraging for me is that Warner has said this is going to be your position to him. This this is where you're going to play in in my team. Uh, if you can get in, if you can get in the side, if you can displace Marianne Shamak or. Yeah. Or, or you know, Shamak can move forward, and you can play him behind. If you can convince me that you're going to play, blah 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 blah, then you're going to play in that position. It's central. That's where Johnny, you know, likes to play. We've got to, we've got to, to keep him. We've got to fit him in. And, and yeah. now he knows. And now he's got a defined position. I think there's a chance of that, of, of that happening. Because Chris, if you think about it, there's no way in hell is he, is he going to be slipping in, slip, slipping in the. Um in in central midfield, I just don't think he's he's strong enough and, and big well, enough to play in central midfield. But in playing mm. as that third central midfielder, you know he's he's suited for that role, especially yeah. with modern day football. Yeah, yeah. In a, in a three, and when we talked to Barry Bannon on this show, you know, a couple of weeks back, and he was talking about his favourite position is a central midfielder in a three, and I think yeah. two two are quite similar players, not just in stature, but in the way they want to play the game. And I think that that's that's you know the two of them do fit into that system well in in the three and. You know, there's a chance there for him, and we all want him to take it because we all want him to be part of the, the team for a long, long time. And but he, the, he won't hang around forever. He won't want to stay at Palace without being mm. a first team player. And you can send him out on loan, but the more you do that, the more he's going to see, you know, that he can get in a team elsewhere, and it'll be better for him to be playing every week. He needs a run of games. That's what he needs yeah. for me. He needs a run of games in the first team in that position. Just there you go, and that's it. Um, all right, look, we're gonna we have to try and wrap up the match chat because there's a couple of little things I want to talk about as well, like uh, Glenn Murray um, scoring a couple at Reading and things like that. So we'll, we'll come to those in a sec. But um, so wrap up the match, the penalty and the save. Um, I want to I want to very very quickly go on talk about the penalty decision um, and defend myself <laughs> for, t- for, tweet, <laughs> for tweeting on Andrade. Look, I mean. If when you look at when you look at the um, the penalty back on the replay, yeah, it's a clear penalty. Of course, it's a clear penalty. Up in the uh, up at the back of the half and looking across at it, what what you can see is you can see the player start to lean into Jednak first. And um, if you look at it and you look at Jed, and even on the replay, if you look at Jednak's shirt, his shirt comes up as as they fall. And uh, the players on the blind side of the ref, on the inside, his right arm is holding Jednak's shirt. Right. I'm not saying that he's committed a foul by doing that. It happens all the time. But that's what's made Jednak do what he's done. And that's all, I, all I'm trying to say is it looked like they had hold of each other from way back in row 46 of the Arthur. Of course, it's a penalty. It's a ridiculous penalty to give away. He's wrestled him to the ground. You know, at the end of the day, you have to let the player go if he's beating you like that. But you, he's got the wrong side here, you know, and you've got to kind of accept that that's happened in some ways or you're going to give away the penalty. Now, as it worked out, it turned out to be the right decision, didn't it? 
Um, arguably, you could say Jednak could have gone, could have got a red card for that because uh, it, it was in such a good position for the player to score. But, you know, rarely do they get sent off there. But, um, but yeah, it, it worked out for the best in the end because he's not put it away. And Julian saved an absolutely, well, it's just one of the best penalty saves I've ever seen, Patrick. Not even close. Um, again, I, I put out on Twitter, I couldn't remember the last time he made a save. It was the Connor Salmon one derby two years ago. But Arthur mm-hmm. hit that ball so well. And, you know, honestly, if you watch Jules on penalty kicks, he usually doesn't even move. He usually no. stands there. So to make that save with his right hand, with that kind of power, and to not let it, like, go in off the crossbar or whatever, was a really good save. And I'm happy for Jules because we all know much we all like him. And it was a, a very, obviously, a huge play for us yesterday. So good, yeah. good job by Jules. That was a, that was a six-point save, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was, yeah. Maybe a three-point save. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, it, was, it was impressive. Um Go on, Nick. You're the only one. I, I, I thought my, as I said earlier, when when I said to the people around me in the first half, it would be typical Palace that we do really well, miss all these chances and lose one 0 And and I thought, well, this is the point. And it was a super save. And Chris, it, the reason it's one of the best penalty saves you've seen is because he hardly saves them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Yedinak was a fool to to pull that guy down. It was WWE stuff, wasn't it? Just to keep Patrick in the American loop there. Um, <laughs> It was ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I'm sure he's very grateful for you keeping in the American loop, whatever the hell that is. Um, <laughs> Good, uh, nice work. It was a second phase comment. Second phase. <laughs> second phase. <laughs> oh, um, okay, uh, very quickly, who was, your, who was your man of the match? Chaps, Alex? Um, I'd give it to MacArthur. I think he, um, he had a really good debut, good vision at times, and you know his range of passing was just fantastic. So you know, I think he's a really good signing at this level, and he's got a lot of experience, which we desperately need in the middle of the park. Mm, absolutely. Um, go on then, Nick. Punction, for me, I think he was the one that looked like he was going to do the most when he got the ball, all, all the right. way through. No, that's good. Patrick? Damien Delaney. He was huge in the back. Having him back there with Dan... Uh, the way it was last year, they played so well together, and he made so many uh, great blocks and headers. I, I think it was definitely Delaney. He played great yesterday. That's fair. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think Delaney was probably my man of the match as well. I think he, it was one of one of the best games I've seen him play for Palace. I thought he was just an absolute rock at the back, um, and it, and we needed it. We really did. Um, you know, there were periods of, of real pressure. Um, and I just think he, he was, if anything, he was a little bit more calm than usual. He's always throwing himself at everything, but he did. <laughs> he was a bit more, a bit more calm, and he was, you know, he was a threat in the the opposition box as well. He was quite dangerous, quite close to getting on a couple of a uh, couple of corners, and had that chance very, very early on, which he was extremely unlucky about. So yeah, I'd go along with that. Um, but MacArthur did have a good game, but I still would have, you know, and now I understand why. But I still would have taken him off after an hour to give a, give the midfield a different dimension. But with Ledley couldn't come on, that wouldn't really work. Um, all right, well, um, yeah, we'll leave that there. I think that's a, a fair summary. No, so, uh, there's a lot of negativity around the game, and I can understand why. Particularly watching it, it became quite a struggle in the end because it was such a, you know, such a turgid affair by the end, and it was such a shame to it because it kind of made you forget how strong a start to the match it was. But um, yeah, we, we weren't great. Uh, one one quick word on the Patrick, you you wanted to talk about this the reception for Warnock. You asked the question about what it was like before the match. Um, it, I didn't. I wouldn't say there was a great deal before the match it was a huge roar for Wilf 
Um, Warnock got you know warm reception, nice nice clapping, but th- there was a lot of people singing for him as well. Um, there's a lot of Neil Warnock's Red Blue Army started already, um, which you know everyone always says the, the manager's got to earn it, um, but there's quite a fair percentage of the crowd was singing singing for Warnock straight away. So I think that was a nice show of support. So yeah, there you go. I think that was well well worth mentioning. Um, well, this is what I'm asking because I only heard it on the 30th minute. I actually heard the, of the TV them singing Red and Blue Army. So that was kind of nice. And like you just said, normally we always say that uh, a new manager, well, he's not really new, obviously, has to earn it. And I remember when Pulis was around, it took, you know, it didn't take that long. But when Ollie was around, it took Ollie like maybe, uh, I don't know, three, four months to get it sung. So it's nice that the fans have taken to him so quickly, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I'm going to try and pick out some of your, your four word reviews, but. Um, that's going to be very, very tricky to do. Uh, Jednak must be dropped. Was Daniel Schilling? Um, I'm trying to scroll through all the stuff about Joe complaining about how much Ouch. he's injured. Uh, ben Fleury says should have won yesterday. Uh, Speroni Manos de Dios from Crystal Palace Gis. Uh <laughs> Terry Daniel says Glenn Murray back now. Um, <laughs> Lucy says highlight stroking Hambo's beard. I can <laughs> confirm that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Why did I read that one out? Damn it! <sighs> Um, <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I think, oh no, I missed Shammers from Runners. I think I'd mentioned that earlier on. So that's that's a few of the ones that I could pick out there for you. Thank you to everyone who got in touch with those. Uh, we did have a comment on, it was on Homestale Online earlier on from Maxi Palace, and he's, he's just given me a chance to um, to ask the question about Glenn Murray going to Reading. It was always going to happen if Glenn Murray put, some, put a couple of goals away. And at that level, we know, we know how good he is. We obviously, we were... Uh, doing the transfer window show where um, where we were talking about the whole idea of replacing Doyle with Murray and I think to a man we were against it but it's what happened it's a decision that was made uh, when we spoke to Steve Parrish afterwards uh, they revealed that the general consensus was that Doyle added a bit more pace than Murray and Murray had said that he wanted to go out and get games um, he's gone out he's got a game got two goals um, go on, let's, let's have a reaction from you gents first I'll start with you Nick yeah, um, I was getting texts from my mate Redding Clem all through the game saying, well, thanks for giving us Murray. I said, well, it wasn't me, but it's Clem. But um, loads of Vex Palace players scored yesterday, didn't they? Um, yes. Didn't, uh, Jerome scored, Wilbraham scored. Yeah, Wilbraham's a goal machine now. Yes, <laughs> I love Wilbraham. <laughs> <laughs> Even, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe Calvin Andrews scored as well somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> It, it no just way. it gives it does give fuel to the fire, doesn't it? That the, the people are saying that we almost we needed a physical presence against Burnley, and Glenn could have provided that. Um, we needed someone to put the ball in the net, and Glenn could have provided that. He's just got two for Reading. Okay, it's division below, but I mean he got a fair few chances, you know, when he came back from injury for, for us. But um, I'm I'm still I have to say I'm still on in the in the camp that thinks we should have kept him, um, and there's no disrespect <laughs> to Doyle at all, but. I, I'm still of the camp that, that Glenn Murray would have been a, more likely to get us goals, and you know, unfortunately, I just don't think he was willing to stay and, and not and just be the bench option, whereas someone has to be. And I don't think, with all honesty, we can. I could see long-term Glenn Murray starting every game in the Premier League. Mm. You know, it that, shows that, that he's not. Um, shows he's not too. Um, I don't know. He's. It, I think we can see in January, can't we? If he comes mm. back in January, then. Then perhaps you know I, I I believe that he did need the game time um, just to get him back to match fitness because he it was a career threatening injury that he went through. Yeah, it was, and it, and it is right for him to go out and get games. And I'm really glad that he went out and 
he got a couple of goals straight away because it's going to do his confidence the world of good. Um, and um, we could turn it around and say, thank God we got rid of Killer Ali. <laughs> you know, that was scored against him, weren't they? Yeah, there's, any, there's any solace as well. That, think about it. James Ward scored a hat-trick on debut for us and he was dreadful after that. So mm. it might happen to Marriott Reading, but I doubt it. No, <laughs> no, but I think sometimes you've got to accept that it's, you have to let go, particularly the player wants that. Like I said, I, I, I would love it if he was still here. It would be so much, you know, be, you know I would... Him coming off of the bench. I would just it. love it. Stop it. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. I just, just <laughs> knew it. So peaceful, Nick. Um, <laughs> but but I just he doesn't want to be that bench player. And right. I just can't. I say I can't. Majority of games, I, you know, weirdly, Burnley's probably perhaps one I could, would have said he should have started. But the majority of games, I don't think he's gonna, he would have been the man to start. Mm. I think he worked brilliantly with Gale, though. And I think, but once Shamak was was back, he was never going to play. So there you go. How long's he out for, Chris Shamak? Do we know? Uh, he should be. I think he was quite close to making making the squad this week. Uh, they just didn't want to oh, risk him. So so p- potentially back for Everton. If not, uh, if not it'd be maybe the Newcastle Cup game. Whether we'd risk him or not, I don't know. But there you go. So I think I think we've covered everything that we're going to there. It's um, yeah, only five past nine. We've done quite well there. So, uh, yeah, all, all there is really left to say is uh, thank you to every single one of you for listening, particularly those of you who got in contact today. Much appreciated. If you are listening on the podcast, do listen live next week. Uh, just go to www.holradio.net and launch the player in there. Uh, you can also listen on mobile and things like that. If you want to know how, just get in touch with us, um, holradio.net. H- <laughs> holradio.net forward slash contact. You can contact us at any time uh, on that well, effectively sends me an email and like, <laughs> but there you go um, so uh, next week oh, well next week we may have some particularly exciting news for the show um, mm. I don't know how much I should tease Mikey doesn't nice. want to tease too much but um, we've been in all sorts of secret talks and various things this week um, last couple of weeks use international break to look at it but um, Mikey says I'm not allowed to give you any more details at all so that's a bit of a shame isn't it but um, it's hopefully, fair yeah. to say that it's it's not going to be Homesdale Television, is it? It's not. No, there's a yeah. That's a there's, shame. There's, there's some resistance to that for some reason. I don't know what the problem is. But, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, places <laughs> for the radio. Yeah, exactly. They, they but, might um, think it's uh, Downton Abbey with your beard, Chris. That's the problem. <laughs> Why is everyone hating on my beard? Is amazing. Anyway, so uh, we better leave that there. Uh, thank you so much to everyone, including my wonderful co-presenters. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday. We're still going to do the Sunday show, even though we're playing Everton. So next Sunday at 8 p.m. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.